0: On this episode, we've got a good friend of mine, Rashard Holloway. Rashard is a former professional fighter. He's also one of the most street wise people I'll know. He seems to have a little bit of experience in everything. He opened his own gym a few years ago and it failed. And on this episode, he talks about how it failed, what he did wrong and what he should have done to prevent it from failing. We also talk a lot about the differences between training for just for fitness or training as a profession. Me and Rashard both train as professional athletes So now, along with Kevin and Glenn, we all train people just for fitness. So we get right into that, talking about mindset, about lifestyle, about work-life balance for professional athletes compared to people just training for fitness. It was a lot of fun doing this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Please subscribe to us on iTunes at Boxing Life and you'll get a notification every time we upload a podcast every week. Here it is, the Boxing Life podcast with Rashad Holloway. Welcome to the Boxing Life podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Today... We've got a good episode lined up. I hope it's going to be good. Got a good friend, friend of mine right next to me here, Rashard Holloway. Rashard, how's it going, mate?
1: Mm, life is good. Can't complain. Life is good. Sunday, hard date after this, so, you know, it's
0: real. <laughs> That's why you're dressed up in them fancy jeans and them of fancy course. shoes. Of course. Well, you've always got your fancy shoes on. Yeah,
1: you
0: know. Alongside Rashard... Glenn Six Figure Homes How's it
2: going?
1: <laughs> how's it going?
2: <laughs> Is that the first time he's heard
0: that?
1: Hey, bro, I've never heard that
2: <laughs> You've never heard that?
1: Hell no Hell no
0: <laughs> well, You know how much he's earning, so you know we need a nickname for that hey, hey. Alongside Glenn Stepping up we got Mr. Kevin Watson. Kevin how's it going? Uh, good man how are you? Going very well, going very well. So this is the first time we've had Rashad on the podcast. We've asked him a few times. He's always
1: been busy. No, no. Truth is, I'm, I'm, I'm the outcast. I'm, I'm one of the founding guys. See these guys right here? One of the founding starters of and burn But you know, I'm, I'm the outcast it's Always the black sheep And I'm literally the black sheep And this, this is the guy that invented the squat as well <laughs> I invented everything I invented look, 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 look When Glenn didn't know how to do a push-up I taught him how to do a push-up yeah. Am I right?
0: Yeah, you're right, exactly. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you six, invented six, the push-up
1: Six-figure six Glenn
0: <laughs> So, Richard. What's up? For people who don't know yet which will be probably everyone, cause you're not very popular.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> People probably know you in England.
0: <laughs> but no, Rashad, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I'm, I'm black. Um, <laughs> nah. Um, I don't know. What, what you want to know? Nah, I'm just messing around. <laughs> but I um, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Long time boxer. Started as a kid. You know, Cincinnati, the Homer. What? What do I start, man? Cause we got better fighters you Yeah, that's it. As a oh, Charles, Aaron Pryor, Tony Tubbs. Um, you know. The one that you all know now, Adrian Broner, like, I grew up boxing there, big boxing town, had a long amateur career. Um, I was a talented screw-up, you know, one of them guys that was talented that did just enough, you know? Had a pretty good career, though, you know?
0: Yeah. And you turn pro, you had, what was your face with
1: it? I don't even remember. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I had 111 amateur fights, finished 1913, um, ranked as high as number three in the nation. Um, did all right as an amateur, lost in the 04 trials, didn't make it. Turn pro, came out training trained with Freddie Roach, and, um, Career went all right. You know, I was a big prospect for a minute that, uh, how can I say this, never did enough. You know, I, right. w- I was known more so for beating up some of the top, top superstars in boxing in the gym. You know, yeah. they called me the super sparring partner, <laughs> you know, because like I said, I wasn't really, I was just one of them talented kids that really didn't focus that much, but I did just enough. I had yeah. 21 pro fights, 17, 2 and 2. 21 pro fights.
0: Mm. And some of the names that you sparred with and you said that you, you, you used to... Do Really well on these spots with the like Pacquiao, Patio,
1: Shane Mosley, Sergio Moore. I mean, you name it. I mean, Did I spawned with no, no, never spawned oh, right. yeah. me with her. I don't know why people said it, but no, I never spot me with I always wanted to when I turned with Eddie Mustafa Muhammad in Vegas. I used to bug him to let me go over there. He used to tell me, like, no, he said, so You're not ready for that. He says, You know how much trash he's gonna talk to you, and you're gonna be ready to fight outside <laughs> the ring. I said, Okay, you got a point, but I always wanted to stand up against him, but so never uh, happened. A, a,
0: a long career out of over 100 fights and now what you're doing now now you're into the fitness industry right yeah,
1: I got into the fitness industry um, got into the fitness industry uh, by accident actually Freddie Roach was the one that really got me into it by accident right so I got into that about 5 years ago um, started a gym didn't know what the hell I was doing put a little <laughs> money into it it tanked then started another one with an old investor. Started a little building. You all were familiar with the old Iron Gym. Yeah. The old guy from my from my pro career. He talked me into coming down there and starting this little basement thing. Did that. Then I met some um you know English dude. This English this this English guy. And you know one of my Midwest down south slash boys. You know yes, and came over there. And then there was another guy. You remember this little scrawny little kid that used to used to work in a sneaker store. And now he's like a big hot six figure <laughs> trainer now. This oh damn here he is what's up <laughs> yeah, you know. Got, got into all the and burn with these boys, and you know, you know, from, from the beginning, I was around what, first couple of years, I was around heavy, and then I kind of yeah. got into my own stuff, and the boys took off, yeah. of them. So,
0: we're talking on this podcast today about training as a professional, or training professionals, I know you've done that as well, right. compared to people training for fitness, but just before we get into that, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who are in the fitness industry, and... We've got gyms. I look and open their in gym, but I noticed you just said there that your gym flopped that you opened. Right, right. What what was that about? Can we
1: talk a little about that? Yeah, I think um coming into it, like um I used to help a guy, um, Martin Snow, I don't know if you remember you know Martin Snow. Martin Snow had the gym Trinity boxing. Right. So I got into it, me and Kit Chocolate, like in between fights, we would go by his gym. Kid Chocolate worked for him in New York before he made it big. But um we would go by his gym um when he moved to California and I would just go by and mess with him. Some days he'd be like, Hey, hey, hey kid, come over here, help me, help me, help me do the classes. So, you know, I would go in there and mess with him, <laughs> teach boxing a little bit every now and then. So um when I got injured, he asked me to help him come around the gym. And then um Freddie one day called me down with some producer guys were there freddie called me and was like hey um him and eric brown we're like hey there's some guy that wants me to wants me to coach some 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 singer dude to, to to do a movie and i'm like what what are you talking about he's like yeah he wants to emulate sugar ray Leonard." And i told him you can do the job because you like sugar oh, Ray yeah. Leonard, that was your idol and i'm like okay what's this dude he's like some guy named usher i don't know who he <laughs> is i looked at him i'm like usher i'm like what i'm like usher i'm like hell yeah i trained him so you know just got into that for a few weeks didn't really know what I was doing, but um, like, like as far as the fitness aspect, had no clue what I, where I wanted to go, should I say? Taught them boxing um for a minute, didn't work out because I didn't want to go to Georgia where they were filming, and that's the movie that they have out now. That started right. almost five years wow. ago. Yeah, it started Damn. that long ago. Um, and long story short, got talked into investing in a gym with some guys I knew to live behind me. Um, some investor was looking for somebody to run the gym because his cousin that he sent out there to do it, they had a state-of-the-art gym, like 2,000 square feet in West Hollywood. I had no clue. When I tell you no clue, I'm just (laughs) like, oh, yeah, I'm going to own something. i I get to own a gym. You know, I'm like, man, I'm from the hood. i I I box and I can own a business. I'm like, hell yeah. Count me in. So, you know, um, I put some money into a gym. I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's just ten five a month. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I got this buzz. I got celebrities I'm training now. I got calls after this Usher thing. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take this gym thing on. I found out the hard way. Right. Put money into equipment. Oh, man, I, I invested well over hundred k into that place. Wow. And within five months, boom, tank Went down. You know what I mean? Went downhill. Couldn't, couldn't pay the rent. No, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, there was no money coming in. Where you know where, I mean? where was the gym? West Hollywood, right by Earth Cafe. Oh, uh Mel, like Melrose area? Yeah, right there off Westmore. Okay. Or Westmount, to be exact. So
0: if... if- well, if someone's looking to do that, what would your advice be to someone who's going to
1: open a gym? To be honest with you, um, I know a lot of trainers that make six figures, like my man right here. Um, that honestly don't open gyms. Uh, I mean, they don't own gyms, should I say? Yeah. You know, they go around to different gyms. We got one guy, a guy named Mike, that comes in here and trains a couple clients here. And right. there. He yeah. does very well for himself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I think training, training is 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 really a business that you have to understand. You have to know the ins and outs of it. You, um, you have to be good at it. At some, you, you know, in some aspects. And I think you get a better concept of of what it's like in the earning aspect and what it's like to run and operate a gym just from, right. just from being able to see it. And I mean, to just because you own something does not mean you make money. And you guys know that. You guys yeah. know that from experiences. Like, you know, in the beginning, there was no money here. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was no money in the very beginning. You guys had to take little or nothing. We being here slaving, teaching classes, not making anything, hoping yeah. to bank on clients. And, and I think you really have to understand business and what it is that you're doing and, and honestly be honest with yourself and see the kind of money that you're making to see if you want it, to get into opening up a business. Because be, being a being a boss, um, you have a lot of overhead. You have a lot of responsibilities, and that's not for everybody. Right? You right. know what I mean. Everybody can't delegate. Everybody can't can't operate and control that.
2: Way. I think what you yeah. said about being in it day to day and seeing how things are run is 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 crucial. I think if people who aren't in it day to day and they just kind of see it from the outside looking in and like oh they've they own a gym and and it's right. successful it's like well i could do that and then as soon as they go and try and do it it's like oh shit you got to do this you got to do that whoa and then don't see the hard work and the the stuff behind the scenes that goes on and the this kind of skill and organization or whatever that goes into it that's where I think people fall down.
1: Exactly. I mean, it takes a while just to get to that point. I mean, you gotta look at it like this. Like I look at that I looked at it like I was training these guys and the rent was ten five a month. So with the rent being ten five a month, we really didn't have many customers coming in because the gym's just getting off the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. Um it's been there, but the guys that were running it didn't have a clue. They didn't have one member in the gym. The gym was pretty much just a just a big showcase place. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, Okay, well, I'm making money. So ten five, me and my partner can split this a month and I'm like, hold on. Every dollar I'm getting from training people, I gotta pay the rent. Right. Yeah. Something's coming up. I'm like, hold on, this isn't working. Like I own a place and I'm making no money. Yeah. Like we're buying more equipment for the place. I'm like, after after five months, I'm like, oh, guys, I, I don't I don't know what I can do. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think, I think
1: I, go on, Kevin. I
3: was gonna say I think a big part of it, I'm not saying this was anything to do with wh- why that gym maybe wasn't successful, but as far as your whatever whatever if you have a gym, you have a training style and you have a brand, you brand that training style, can you teach other people that training style right? because you can't just rely on yourself and your other, one other partner to, to to keep the doors open to keep the place afloat you really need to have other people that can come in and uphold and, and you know train the way that you train that is a successful way of training and then can those people retain those clients because they've they've committed to learning that training style and those theories and those those practices And and, and even more so on top of that add their own flavor and spice to
2: it you know True. can they do it your way and then bring something extra on top of that yes
1: but, but i think it's bigger than that i mean look, look at where you guys started you know you guys were iron you know what i mean you started from the bottom and then you 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 saw like look we can do this on our own let's mm-hmm. let's try to step outside of here you build a name for yourselves on your own and you go into the park you started in the park and you started to understand the business aspect right of it. Mm-hmm. then gradual it transferred to here mm-hmm. like we had no plan. I had no plan. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I get to own something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, I didn't... Listen, I, That's
3: we'll, part of it, yeah. Like,
1: literally, we were sitting in the gym every day, and we'd just be sitting here. All right, let's make up some flyers. Um, let's, let's go pass them out. Let's go to Earth Cafe. Let's just dump a bunch of flyers. Let's yeah. go get a bunch of girls, and are we going to have classes? I don't know. Are we going to train people privately? <laughs> oh, I got a client at 2 o'clock. I got another one at 8 in the morning. Like, just no plan. Have a clue. There was, there was no yeah. plan. And, yeah. and, and like anything else in life, if there's no plan... There's no success. You Sorry. know what I mean? You have to have a plan. And like
0: what you've just said there about you know a lot of trainers that are earning six figures like Glenn uh, who don't have no own gym. It's like, Glenn, you've never really had any ambitions to
2: own a gym. But I know people have said oh, you before. Why don't you own, open your own gym? And you're yeah. like,
0: no, nah, I'm good.
2: Yeah, I have no interest in doing it. I mean, I feel like I've, I've got that feeling of kind of being my own business a little bit. Yeah. And that's all I need to satisfy that side of it for me. Right. Me taking on rent and landlords and ordering equipment and managing a a team that I'm 100% responsible for and employing people and doing point of sale transactions and all that stuff that I see you guys do. I don't have any desire to do that.
1: It's a lot of responsibility. I mean, let, let's be real. I remember in the beginning, you didn't have a clue. Like, no, still like, like, like Kev. Kev, Kev, was, Kev has been the brains behind it, not and true. then, but then soon you picked up. You know what I mean? Like, like you had more so. Like everybody plays a role. Like you had more so the name, the background yeah. into the boxing field. You know what yeah. I mean? Which gave, which gave you that extra push, that extra pump, that extra. It gave you the validation. Kev had his background in back in, bas- in basketball. I'm sorry, I was about to say box basketball like but he had his background in basketball he was great in fitness you know what I mean it's like it balanced one another out and then then when everybody came together it's like everybody put in the hard work and it just took off and then from there you all were able to go ahead and just really sustain it and take it to another level
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah that's great we should have we shot on the last podcast. What we talked about uh, sure. the fitness business industry.
2: <laughs> but, I'm sure people who listen to this are going to get a lot from that. Yeah, I think just going back on about owning your own gym as well. You, you said earlier you've got to be like honest with yourself and know what you're good at. Right. And that's big. That's another reason why I wouldn't. I right. don't have a desire to do it. It's like I, I don't think I'd be. I don't think that's my best skill.
1: Yeah. I'm all, all over the place. It. I'll take a percentage. I'll be an investor. I'll, I'll take a percentage and I'm gone. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to operate it. I don't want to do that's any of that. It. I don't want <laughs> the responsibility.
0: So... Now let's talk about what we talk. What on this podcast topic is about training for fitness or training for profession. I know I've got experience training as a professional athlete. You are Richard, Kev. You've got lots of experience of training like world-class amateur athletes in the in the basketball, in the college basketball. It's
1: kind of like professional. Yes, it is point. same thing. It's
0: just classed as. Amateur for that's, laws, right? That's professional. Yeah, that's top. NCAA.
1: Division one. That's, yeah. that's, 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 yeah. that's there. It's there.
0: And Glenn's got, like, been training for fitness now for five years, like, day in, day out, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and I know you see the other side of it as well, but now you're training Tony Ferguson, right. who's a professional athlete. Right. What would you see is some things, what it's like training is well, let's talk about for, by, for yourself first when you when you've been training yourself as a professional athlete to training clients and what i mean i know it's like night and day kind of right so, but, but what's the big Is
1: i think the biggest thing and i think you can understand this i think probably I, I know you can understand this you can understand this and i think glenn from his experience and being able to see it he can get it now like even though you know you weren't a pro athlete like you you get to deal with athletes and everybody else mm-hmm. it's like glenn you got the work ethic of a professional athlete you play collegiate ball. You got the work ethic of a professional athlete. You got the work ethic. So it's kind of like when, when you first get into training clients, you expect everybody to have that same kind of work ethic. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? So in the beginning, I had no clue. I was just like major pain, and that's why people talk about my class to this day here. You know right. what I mean? I just, I'm like, go, 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 do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I expected everyone to give it the same kind of push that I gave it, but it wasn't more so because... As an athlete i 'm not going to say I wanted to give it hundred percent. I knew that's what I had to do, even when I sure. did even when I gave it seventy five and eighty, I knew I had to push it, but my seventy five and eighty with some people in here is twenty and ten yeah. percent. You know what yes, I mean, sir. so I had to understand the difference in and 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 what it was like you got people with day to day jobs they 're looking to be fit they 're not training for competition right. when you 're training for a competition you 're at an extreme level they 're more so training. On day to, uh, like like on a day to day basis and having a goal in the future. It's not right. an, it's not instant gratification. Like as a, as a professional athlete, we're looking for instant gratification. What I mean by instant gratification is, of course, it's not tomorrow, but. We're looking at eight weeks to get in shape, six yeah. weeks to get in yeah. shape. And then we have to keep it's that pressure, level. Too. Exactly. We got to keep that level. So when you're training clients, you have to realize you don't have to be as intense. You have to understand clients. You have to understand how to push them. You have to yeah. understand what levels you need to push them and when you need to pull back. You have to understand how to deal with them, the way you can relate to them. And you also have to understand that you, you're you not looking to set a goal in seven, eight weeks. You're looking to have longevity with them. So it's just building a good foundation and a base because they don't have. They one coming in it allows you to have more fun with it as well because yeah, it's more, of, you course, know, it's more of course one thing I was shocked at when I come to Elia from Sunderland
0: was just how fit n- non-athletes are like everyday people over here is like right. ridiculous right. Like right say, style, like, yeah. they're not they're not like pro-athletes but they're training, like, every day. Yeah, where I'm fit. sure it's the same where Where well, all of us are from, people out of home, mm-hmm. is not like that. But here, the mm-hmm. yeah.
2: what fit. And I know we did a, a couple of boxing burn classes down in Orange County the other day. And same thing, they're training probably day in, day out, but they would never done boxing training or right. the same or style of training. Right. And they found it. I could see early on they were really tired. And it just made me think about the members that are coming in this gym getting through these classes day in day out and, and these classes are it, tough and it's like i'm like i couldn't uh, you get a real appreciation for how, how in shape these people are it's crazy
3: we kind of created a, a bunch of monsters now yeah. are like, <laughs> they're hey, such listen. as good shape they're like well classes aren't hard anymore it's like well classes are hard you just gotta gotta like I think
1: every one of us have done a class has done a class and listen I remember when I was making my comeback and I did a couple classes (laughs) and Tony had to coach Tony was actually coaching that day and when I coached I I picked on him now listen these classes are hard as hell like listen they're hard like if you can do them day in and day out like I'm gonna be honest like at first I'm just like oh these classes or whatever when I did the actual class I'm like this yeah. like I'm not yeah. doing this you know what I mean so for the people to do it on a regular basis yeah. they're fit you know what yeah, I mean they're, they're fit. fit but they don't they don't have that same foundation as a professional athlete mm-hmm. but they've learned that uh, not learned but a lot of them have built that foundation being here but I think that's the difference in a pro athlete yeah. and client as a pro athlete I mean
0: all just about all of my experiences with with pro boxers and the focus that you've got when you're a pro boxer in tuning camp the focus that I had was ridiculous mate like I I wouldn't walk upstairs when I was resting. I, would, I wouldn't, I would I would get a lift. I wouldn't, I, I'd go a different direction. You know, mm-hmm. I'd need to rest my body. I was like uh, obsessed with it, with the diet and all that. And I think like the focus is a huge difference where everyday people, if, the, if they're tired the next day- They just quit, they, they just take they, a break. Yeah, they can, they can take a yeah, break. Yeah, they can take it off. Whereas where a
2: professional athlete, professional athletes
0: go, go, go. It's you know, mental. I, I've it's got mental. a question
2: mental. for you two. In your pro fights, how many of those pro fights did you have where you were a hundred percent physically none?
1: I, I would say the same thing. I won't yeah. answer I, first, but And nah. I
0: believe
2: that
1: no
0: pro fighter when they are always see. I'm 100% and all that. Yeah, none. No. I, I might be the same in basketball. You, you
2: mean injury free or you yeah? Yeah, just, just, e, just e, e, like niggles or eggs. you know What you strain, say? Needles? <laughs> <dagger>? say?
1: Needles? You say needles? Niggles.
2: Niggles. Hey, n- n- what is niggles? Niggles, <laughs> niggles is like every now and then. Every now and
1: then, English like strain, aches and pains. Yeah, yeah. We can't curse on the thing. We can't curse. Yeah. Oh shit! You should have told me that a long time. ago. I've
0: been holding back. Yeah, I mean you've always got little pains. Like when it come to the point where my Last four or five <laughs> professional fights, I was getting anesthetic injected into my knuckles, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah so I was, I was fighting. I mean, once you had anesthetic in your hands, I felt like I would punch through a wall. It mm-hmm. was coffee. over. You're just doing <laughs> more and <laughs> more, <laughs> more damage. Like, oh shit! me hand, behind, hand, Sorry, the <laughs> <laughs> pitch come over me clockwise. <laughs> hey, <man>, hey, listen.
1: <laughs> I think I, I think like towards the end of my career. Oh God, I was just old. I had everything wrong. My my elbow was messed up. Um, before, before I even tore my shoulder, my shoulder would give me issues. My left knee is still messed up when I go out here and run. My groin's mm. hurt. I was always banged. up
2: The, open, the yeah. ice
1: bath was my best friend. It's not cause your age; it's cause the, the, the wear the, and tear on your body yeah. over the years. Yeah but, yeah, but guess what? It's like a dog. They say for every what? Every one year for us is seven years for a dog. Yeah. yeah. For boxers, it's like for every one year, we're twelve years. I think like totally. there's a lot of athlete. athletes' bodies. Period.
3: People. Some people are more durable than others as well. Yeah. Like I, I know that if I were to ever be a pro athlete, I don't think I'd be yeah, near as durable. K, like, there's some you're people not that,
1: durable either. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what no, I'm, I'm saying. You know, I I'm fucking not. back surgery at 26, <laughs> you know, Come on. You know but,
3: but some people are just more durable than that's others. True. And that's, you know, everybody's a little bit different, but I think a lot of people, it, you know, that plays a big role. We are talking about Triple G, we can talk about yeah. this,
0: and how now he's just fought Daniel Jacobs last night, mm-hmm. and he uh, he's not looking his best. And I was talking to Frank Grillo about it earlier on in the gym, and I was saying like, it's not because he's getting older. It's the wear and tear. but he's that that lads had over 250 yeah, fights between sure. them since he's. Three hundred over 300 fights. I mean, most
3: he, of pro fights have been short, but I imagine amateur careers yeah, probably. He's like well, a train, but, but think yeah. about the training camp is yeah. the hardest yeah. part. Yeah, the exactly training, right.
1: training is the hardest. Just like in basketball, yeah. you go through a grueling. Yeah. Think about it, you go through a grueling week, yeah. and then you go and play a game that lasts an yeah. hour long. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? The training, yeah. training through the week was the hardest part. It's the yeah. sparring and the training yeah. camps that get the you. The right. running, the normal wear and tear. Yeah. It's like, and I don't think Triple G. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that he looked bad last night. I think he looked the same. I just think he was just fighting a different style fighter, like. Everybody that Triple G has fought, and this is with, with, no due, uh, with no disrespect, everybody has been handpicked for him to fight. Mm-hmm. And true indeed, a lot of guys have not, have not faced him. He's fought some good guys, yeah. but that style of fighter, yeah. he, he's, he hasn't really fought. A slick, fast, a, 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 powerful style. Really, or really a guy that really – I think I saw a different Danny. I saw a Danny that really believed in himself yeah. last night, and he was able to withstand a lot and put up a hell of a fight, which a lot of people, yeah. including myself, thought he won. But, I, you know, I'm a he little biased. He had
3: that him. size too, though. I mean, the, the, the weight – a little biased. Not You're not really sure. biased. that not It was your boy.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, listen. He's the only dude in my life. Look, I lost him twice in amateurs. He beat me nine to seven. Oh, really? Oh, uh, one. Toledo National Power, two thousand one. He beat me nine to seven. Paper, um, nine to seven computer scoring by two points. Then he beat me three to one in oh four National Power, Virginia Beach. Beat me three to one paper scoring. So we've been tired a long time, man. But yeah, I was real biased. Yeah.
2: But-
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I mean, let's get back to it's, it's the the professional athletes compared to fitness. Like I said about LA, the fitness people here is like ridiculously short. Another sure. level. Like, yeah. uh, so I think what you touched on before was the, is the mindset as well of, of fitness because as a professional athlete, that's all, I mean, I'm sure you were the same, that's all I was thinking about from the second I woke up in the morning until the, the, the second I went to bed at night and it was my opponent and the training and, and my resting properly and then the doubts run through your mind about I should have done this today, I never worked hard enough. I've worked too hard. I've got sport tomorrow. I'm worried about this guy. sport tomorrow. It's like your mindset is non-stop ticking. True. I hated it. True. <laughs> I did. I didn't like it. I loved it. I, but the, what the feeling after you fight, obviously when you are your is it's, it's the best. But when you, you've got nothing coming up
1: after eight, ten weeks... You don't want to do anything. <laughs> you're just <laughs> like... You're just like, oh, uh, forget it.
0: Where these people in the fitness industry, they, they, they're consistent. They just work out all the time, right?
1: Yeah, I agree. I,
2: I, I, I think about... Um, Brendan quite a lot When we have this conversation Or this topic Because I've seen him train For fights When you were training him When he was in the UFC Yeah And watching him train Now When he's training For fun And just to, to kind of Stay lean And be in shape Because level. now he's in the Entertainment business He just wants But he, he he enjoys it more now, and he's, he's his, his performance is probably better than it was when he was fighting. But, but, but but he was mentally,
1: like, mentally, he's not as intense. it's yeah, like he, he can he, relax. He can relax exactly, it's like,
2: and it's just like, okay, cool. we're gonna do this. He's like, alright, and he yeah. just knocks it out like yeah. fast and, and well. Whereas when he was training for, for fights, you could tell like he didn't. It was more. It was serious. like pressure, serious. Yeah.
0: When, when we trained for fights, it was it was just serious all the time, and 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 thinking about the opponent. Because every single session that I did with him, it was game planned for his next opponent so all he's thinking about for the full hour or hour and a half stick to the game plan yeah stick the game plan drilling it in his mind about this now when he when he's training like I, I trained him for the first time after after his fights uh and it was just like bloody hell, I went your techniques went crap because he's like but i understand because it was weird for me because he's, he's not bothered he's, he's not bothered so he's just, just, he's like, like you said he's enjoying it. now he's yeah. working with you
1: all the time yeah. and he's loving it you know it's different. I'm, I mean, you you look at it. Um, I know as an athlete, and I think everybody can vouch for that. Like, training is not fun. I don't care what anybody says. Like, for me, training athletes, training ball players in the off season, training Tony, like. Like, training is not fun. Like, there reaches a certain point in training camp, and you you just dread it. You hate it. I don't care how much you love your sport. Yeah. You hate it. Like, I think about, like, what you just said, like, how you, how you would think, your mindset going into it. And I'm going to say this, and I was thinking about this, and I wanted to give you some credit the other day. Uh, but, I, but you know, I don't give you too much credit. You know, it's not it's not that often I give you credit, but I'm going to tell you this. You English guys, like, you all have been successful in a, in a lot of other countries in boxing now more so than Americans because don't take this wrong, but you all are less talented in the athletic department, but more talented when it comes to um, focus, not only focus, but plan and structure. Like your organizations, the way they teach you all, the way they yep. drill you all, that's why you all are so successful now versus a lot of us Americans, especially blacks. I mean, we're athletic. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a lot of Americans, like boxers and athletes mm-hmm. that we see nowadays, it's, we're freaks. That's you know what I mean. Sure, we're genetic know, freaks. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. The black guys are. Yeah, we're true. genetic Pop freaks. But this is the problem, though. We're genetic freaks, but a lot of us don't put in the same hard work. Because I'm listening to what you said, how you would think about your opponents. I didn't think about shit. Like, literally, <laughs> I was so talented, it would be like, yeah, you know what? I get through my workout in the gym, and whoever I got to fight in that ring, I'm just like, all right, uh, when I get in there, I'm just going to do my thing. And I think a lot, of, a lot of my peers thought the same way because there were very few guys that were focused and have that kind of mentality that right. you had. But I, I look at your teams and uh, like, like your, your British teams and a lot of these other teams from other countries and athletes, they don't have the genetic gifts that a lot of us Americans have. Look at, and, look at someone like Tyson I mean, Fury. What?
2: You know, he's, he's not like the most athletic. Guy. He's, well, he's, he's, overweight. he's just. Oh, okay, he's, no, no disrespect.
1: Don't use him. Use somebody else <laughs> well, He's, he's listen, talented, obviously. Listen. No, no, listen. He's <laughs> a genetic freak. Seven foot something. He's one of the worst talented heavyweights. <laughs> one of the worst talented heavyweights. <laughs> no, he's
2: talented. Listen, man.
1: Listen to me. Listen to me. You know who is but talented. But you know that he's
2: going to work his ass off No, no, no. for 10, no. 8, 10 listen, weeks. If
1: I was seven feet tall, I'd beat the world. Like, come nah. on, man. L- let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Here we go. Let me tell you something. Yeah, let's debate because this is what we're going to do. This is what I do best.
2: Give me an example. Then you give me an example. G- Since g- you you okay, made the okay. point. Okay,
1: who's, who's your favorite big guys as a fighter?
2: Not, not, not even talking about big guys I'm talking about Like your point about British fighters Who aren't as athletically gifted As are? American fighters they're, they're Who very few, work hard and I'm, I'm going to tell you Some British guys give, that, yeah, I'm, I'm going
1: to give you A prime example Of a British guy That's athletic Anthony Car, Joshua Carl Frampton No Anthony Joshua Is black I don't James count. DeGale <laughs> <laughs> He's, black. He's black too I He's James. partially black They're freaks You Anthony know what I mean That's my point No <laughs> that, no, no no But I'm going to take Carl Frampton yeah. Carl Frampton Is athletic yeah. He's really athletic You know what I mean yeah. Like like if you look at the guys That have a little bit Of black in them What's the heavyweight? What's the he- David Hay? He's athletic That's as right. hell. Yeah. He's got a little bit of black in him too. You know what I mean? But you take the guys But Tony like,
2: Bell, you just beat him.
1: But but no, none- he's, he's a got a little bit of black in him too. Oh, yeah. But listen, but, but what I'm saying is the guys that the guys that aren't as athletic or, or, or aren't black like Carl Frampton, is athletic as hell. Right. You know what I mean? Like you take some guys like um, he'd be mad as hell at me if I didn't if I didn't remember his name. Um Scott Quigg. Scott Quigg is not athletic at all, Mm. but he works hard. He works hard. He made it to be a world champion. You look at um, Matthew Macklin. Smart boy. Matthew Macklin was not the most athletic guy, but he worked hard to get a title. You take a lot of guys, George Groves. He's become a little more athletic, but these guys are more well schooled. Like, right. like, like, like if think you look it's the at the whole
3: foundation of their training. And this is. guy was talking and, about it the other day. And it's, it's the way it's the way you, you all started train. At like ten or eleven, yeah. and you're in the school, and you progressed every it's, little step of the way. You it's all thought are out. More schooled yeah, yeah. than we
1: are. You all are a lot more schooled than we are. And a lot of countries are like because you know that you don't have the athletic gifts as much as Americans. And I think but that's, that's not why. the reason why they do it because no, no, they don't know they, that. They, No, no, that, that's not it. But I'm just saying. But that's why you all are better school fighters. Now There was a time when America ruled sports in every yeah. which way. Now you see the USA basketball team losing to other countries, everybody because... No,
3: they, still, they still rule, though. They, 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 I mean, they yeah. still rule, but no, I'm yeah, saying they, there was yeah. a
1: time when nobody would come close to beating us sure, at sure. any given time. But nowadays, like you have people that are really determined and they don't just rely on athletic gifts. And I think Americans, we're falling more short on hard work. It's the whole mindset of yeah. amateur yeah. athletics yeah. and the progression and, of But that. I think it's our lifestyle. And, and sure. me, I'm black. I grew up in it. I'll be the first to tell you. The urban and hip-hop life Style, it's less work more flash
3: well how you do know? you how do you get from there how do you get from there the streets or, or right. wherever you come from to becoming a pro and getting money and be able to take care of your family take care of your people what's the fastest route for A to be and that's not how it is there i think it's more so they do it because they, they want to yeah they want to well I, not to say that that you know the the amateur athletes here don't want to because they come from different backgrounds but right you know, I think who was that guy that was in here the other day talking about it? he was in Brentwood he was talking to us a little oh, bit about, yeah, it. but he was, uh, the whole dynamic for,
0: for somewhere yeah, yeah the whole
3: dynamic of of amateur athletics is just totally different from from what it is here but it changed so, it wasn 't always like that It changed yeah. over the yeah. last
1: over the last twenty years it 's changed big well, time. The,
3: the, 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 the the rules about how how long you have to play be out of high school before you can turn pro in basketball and football like You know and basketball you have to be out of high school for at least a year which means most of them go to to play basketball for a year in college but you know they don't necessarily go there to get an education they go there to right Right. it's just a stepping stone to get to get there it's a player's friendly environment here we'll give you whatever you want to make you happy but we just want you to come to our school. Right. And, and, and the focus for them to
1: is to get to the money. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? Like, yeah. But I think that's a lifestyle thing. Like, you look at England. Like, you look at the way you all grow up, the way you all live. Like, it's not as much flash. Here in America, like, I, like you all, I know you all don't, hot, don't follow the hip-hop culture back to the roots. But I remember when, when Cash Money came out in the whole bling-bling era. I was in high school when that hit. Masterpiece. When that hit, yeah. When that hit, you start seeing everything change. Like, yeah. I, was, I, I was born in 81. You know I'm so insane, album, age, album you know? covers. I'm 36 baby 36 <laughs> you know fresh. But um I watched everything change. I watched I watched athletes change, I watch sports change, I watch I watch mentalities change, and I watch a lot of it change because of the music. Um, the love for the sports died. The, the love to be great died. It just became the love to make money. That's, that's what everything became about. As fast as possible, about too, right? As fast Without as the possible. So, so once they get to you know how many of my guys I know that I've grown up with and I've known over the years that signed NFL, NBA contracts, got 40, 50, 60 million, and they're broke to this day? Yeah, because well, they, you know they, I mean? they don't have that
3: foundation. That, There's that's, no foundation. That knowledge of of, well, when I get this first contract, <clears throat> I have to earn the second contract. Yeah. Well, no, I, I got my money now. I'm good. I'll, I'll get my second contract. But it's not, especially in NFL, it's not guaranteed. But, but
1: I'm going to be honest, though. It goes back to discipline in the way we in the, way, we're, in the way we are. Right. And, I, and, and yeah. that's what I wanted to say. That's my difference in the way you guys are. You guys are well-schooled and disciplined. If there's a bad apple out of the bunch, he's out. Yeah. They're gonna take the next guy. It's not about. It's not about favoritism. Of course, there's gonna be favoritism and yeah. everything, but it's not so much about. Oh, we're just sold and stuck on this guy because you got a million hard workers ready to take his spot. Yeah. Here, more so, I watch the amateur program die. I'm watching, uh, and amateur programs in all sports. I'm watching mm-hmm. them die because, because everybody's sold on this 15 or 16 year old kid that's supposed to be the phenom. Prodigy. But when he's not working hard, he's a prodigy. But yeah. when he's not working hard, and you got this 15 year old kid who's not as talented, but they, but they don't see that this kid's working so hard Mm. he actually takes him to school every day because he's a harder worker but no he's not the prodigy let's keep the prodigy here you all are more so like look you work hard. You stay here. You're gonna eat, sleep, and shit this, and that's how you're gonna become great. Right, no, and that's why a lot of your guys are prospering. It's definitely
0: now. discipline. Definitely discipline. Yeah. where I feel like, what, like, just the way you were talking about the focus, wasn't there. That, that I think, that comes down to discipline. Right. Big we, time.
1: Dis- real discipline. But it's like, instilled in you. You, your, your programs instill it. And I think that's where Americans. And I think, I think the discipline. I think that's also the difference in. Um, like clients and professional athletes, too. Like, professional athletes have to have discipline. There's some kind of discipline. Even if they're not the most disciplined, there's some discipline to being a pro athlete. A client doesn't have to have, a fitness person does not have to have that kind of discipline. Their mindset is different. They're coming in to have a good time to get in shape. Some are more intense than others, Mm -hmm. but as an athlete, you have to have some kind of discipline, even if it's not at the top level. Right. Tell you what,
0: I much prefer training people
2: for, Fitness than I do For training
1: I agree with
0: you you. Of course You can have more fun as well Yeah I I got asked the
2: other day Like do do you Not want to train fighters Or I was just like Nah There's two And we were talking about the Pressure in the training There's pressure on the trainer too From the little bits That I've had with, With In You know like doing Brendan's track workouts Or when Um Liam Smith came in or whatever. It's like I, I just feel instantly like a different vibe. It's, it's like a pressure. It's the se- pressure. You yeah, got to be on point. And like put him having to do that for it's like no eight to ten weeks with someone whose career is on the line, health and, and you know it's like that's a uh,
3: huge. You know, money's a factor too, though. Because yeah. I mean, unless you're training a fighter that's at the top, the elite level. Totally. Even yeah. as even as even if you're training one of the UFC guys to elite level. There's not a lot of kickback to you. Yeah, totally. Unless you're training one of those top echelon super trainers. Yeah, yeah. there's no I'm, money. there. I much rather train a corporate person. My exactly. rates is yeah. high as exactly. hell, and I really so keep mean, that way. So, how much is it? Is it really that it's not that it's it's more fun, or is it more so the money thing? I hey, would so love f- to train athletes. I think it's super fun. I think you it's more I was kind of going that 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 route, and I was like, well, uh, you know, there's a ceiling here, and, and yeah, unless true. you really are at the top, sure.
0: See, I think you know, with training athletes, and when I when I trained Brendan, it was a great experience because I. I was in the corner, head trainer, for three of his professional fights, which right. was nerve-wracking. But uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think training professional athletes is a lot uh, harder because it's hard for me to switch off. Like I, I'm, I, When I told you, when I'm a fighter, I'm thinking about, about my opponent. When I'm training Brendan, I'm thinking about his opponent. I'm looking at right. his opponent's Twitter, seeing what <laughs> he's up to, trying to find videos of him training. I'm getting right, obsessed right. with... Matt Mitty, Owen, and Andreolowski, and Travis Brown. I'm obsessed with them three. Sure. Them people now, I know everything about them because I, and that's why Brennan, and Brennan talked about the pay, Brennan paid me really well. Yeah. Uh, he paid us more than he's paid any, any coach before. But he knew how obsessed I was and how, how hard I would work, and I give him 100%. And the reason why I didn't want to train fighters, and I told him I didn't want to train them, and uh, that's why he gave give us more money was because I wanted to concentrate on the business. Because right, when right. I'm giving 100% to, to this thing here, which is Brendan's fi- fight and his career, I can't focus on the, the moneymaker, the, the, the fitness industry. You're I not a good
1: multitasker, by the way. I'm Not, you suck. You suck. not, not you that many suck. males, are <laughs> I don't see how you have two little girls. I, I, I know you're like, okay, I'm going to focus on you. Oh, I forgot about you, babe. I'm coming back. <laughs> you can't multitask for shit. You suck. Yeah, so, <laughs> so when so training a fighter,
0: a fighter, that's why I, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want right. to do it ever again. Because and I've had a couple of people ask us since Brendan. I'm
2: mean, like, nah, nah. I'm training for people for it's a headache. It is. That's a a, that, what you said though about you get obsessed with it and you get 100 percent into it. There's very few trainers that are like that, there's especially not, in fighting. There's, it's because they've got stables, they've got other different fighters coming in, and, true. and from what you've told me, and you know from seeing it here and there, it's like. To find a trainer who, who's like yeah. that will get obsessed with the fight and the opponent and give 100% to their fighter. That's a really rare not thing. Not
0: until I was a boxing uh, a, a trainer did I know like how bad my trainers were. Not bad, but like how much better I would have been if I had someone like me or someone this passionate. No,
1: nah, nah, it's not that. It's not that. I'm going to tell you what it is. When you're on the other side for the first time, you can actually see everything that your trainers were teaching you. That you were doing wrong, it becomes easy after that.
0: No, it does. You think so? It, it does. But at the, at the same time, uh, I, my, my trainers weren't doing this. I, you'd find some trainers that were on the phones and you're oh, shadow boxing okay. and, you, and you, you know. So, yeah, I, th- I think now,
2: like, I wish I had a trainer like you, Richard.
1: <laughs> not like me <laughs>
0: What like
2: six figures Ch- Charges $200 an hour And shows up like 20 minutes later Hey
1: listen Hey listen Listen man listen. Fine. Do as I say Not as I do Okay <laughs> so,
2: questions. so I think we're gonna uh,
0: Go to the questions If we've got any questions On here I'm on, on here now So Nicholas guessed Ricky Hatton Not athletic His training was epic Did you ever try And do the 15 round Of the body belt Tony So Ricky Hatton was another one Like you're saying But not, not athletic And right, he He right. uh, he used to do the thing on, on the, bo- the body bag. He used to go 15 rounds with Billy Graham, he's trainer, and, and based. Uh, i had done I've done 12 rounds of that, but not 15 rounds.
2: That's a great example, by the way. We were looking for a good example, right? That's the go, perfect go. example. Next
0: one, Tony Wheels. Training in the sunshine in LA is better feel-good factor than running around Silksworth running track before your gym workout. That is totally <laughs> right. And we talked about that when we had Stephen Keenan about the one with the training. How much better it was training in the heat than it is uh, in in the cold in Suland. next question is by uh oh, brandon Crillo, our boy brandon how nervous do you and rashad get before fights how do you handle it well, i'll let you go first with this one
1: um i think i'm nervous as hell. well i'm actually a little i like i, I like the fighting part like it, it was fun for me but i would get a little nervous like anybody else but once the first punch was thrown it went out the window it was on it yeah. was war
3: fight or flight it does.
0: It exactly. goes out of out the window as soon as that, that punch is thrown. And for me, it was the most nerve-wracking part for me was getting my hands wrapped. Because when you're getting your hands wrapped, all you can do is sit like this with your hand out in front of you.
1: That was nervous? That was, I was nervous?
0: so nervous. Because so normally I'm walking around, like, shaking it out, looking in the mirror at shadow box and doing, doing whatever I can and taking your mind off it. Yeah, but when yeah. you have got to sit there like that, you've just got to sit still and... The, 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 even though you've got your music on the focus on your people's walking around and you can see the nerves in the your, your, my dad who was there or other people or your assistant trainer or whatever them's nervous so it's like gotta try and
1: keep yeah, you cool. you was listening to the wrong music you got need some hip hop <laughs> in there baby we you got some, some amazing some questions my man coming.
3: we got some more questions amazing questions alright this is my favorite read, read the name right here right here Stephen Kane, who would win in a street fight, Tony or Rashad? Oh, uh, yes, that's a belt. I, I knew the, the, hey, hey, listen, it was... Hey, listen, listen. What do you think, listen. man? Hold on, let us Go, go ahead, I'm shutting I've
2: actually seen it, so. <laughs> 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 who would win in a street fight, me or Rashad?
1: <sighs> Don't look at me. I'm not going to kick your ass no matter what you say. Don't look at me. In a street fight?
2: Yeah. I, 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 my money would be on Tony.
1: Yeah. yeah. You a kiss-ass
3: idiot. Let's think about this. I mean... Hmm, how much do you weigh, Rashad?
1: I would fucking I'm, punch you. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you this. <laughs> let me tell you, you. Me tell you this. <laughs> this pity pat punching motherfucker can't do nothing with me. I'm a bite, scratch, <laughs> kick, whatever I gotta do.
0: So I would punch Rashad's fishing in the street. Fight. There's no fucking no way. Problem, Tony knows right? I would beat
1: his ass. He, 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 he's lucky. It. Hold on, was, hold on, hold on, hold he on. Here's the question.
3: Here's the determining. How many street fights have you been in? Man, my whole life. Listen, I grew up fighting. How many I street fights have you been in?
1: Five. Three? He's a rich kid. He, he was a rich kid growing up. Uh, that's, no that's, 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 that's the big, big factor. Right right there. Let me, let me tell you something. Hey, listen, listen. We tried to get the boxing match started. Hey, Glenn, did I try to get you to pump it up? What did Tony say? Hey, listen, mate, mate. I don't want to get punched in my head anymore. No, I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. I said, let's do it. Let's do it for the people. Let's do it for the boxing burn people. Kill you in a street we will never find out, because as much as I want to kick his minute. ass, listen, every week I'm mad at him, and he'll tell you this. I want to kick his ass all the time, but I love him. He's like a brother to me. I can't, I, he's an ignorant one, but I love him. Come on. Next I wouldn't hurt him.
0: I'll kill you.
3: Next one. You have no fucking, no chance, bro. Is Terrell Hendricks the best mitt man at
1: boxing? <laughs> <game>? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> hey, T, you suck.
3: <laughs> Definitely don't. From
1: of nah, No, nah, you don't suck, T. I'm messing with you. All right, all right. But you're not go. that good, bro. Let's see. <laughs>
0: I'm messing with you. I can't get the questions up. Let's it's a real really one. It's, it it's a real really one. Well uh, he's one from Anthony Taylor Have either you or Richard overtrained for a fight? You go first. have n- I've never overtrained for a fight. Uh, I can't I, I think that I I got it on point every single time. That's the truth. I've never
1: overtrained for a fight. I've undertrained for almost every fight. I've never overtrained, <laughs> but I've cut weight. Um, in my in my two losses and my two draws were the lightest I've ever been. They all were one forty-seven, and I didn't. I don't think I trained properly. I just killed myself to make weight. So no, I've always undertrained and dehydrated myself. Yeah, you see, some fighters overtrained, but I think that's.
0: That's down to the trainer, and I think that's down to the the, the mindset of the the, the the belief that they need to do more, need to do more, not knowing when to kick back. Any more, Kev?
3: Yeah, uh, there was one about diet. Where to go? Okay, here we go. Rod Atkinson. I'm just wondering what it, uh, what kind of diet you guys use whilst whilst <laughs> you must be British whilst, whilst, whilst yeah. training. What's it say? Training. What kind of diet? While training, training. Hey Jeff at FTM. <laughs> so what
0: kind of diet do we have when we go boxing I mean I can that, I can spend a full hour talking about that if you want to go to tonyjeffries.com uh, slash, slash diet uh, I've got a diet on there what uh, would be interesting for you which I used to do when I fought one big thing I used to do was have a cheat day so I'd diet for six days a week and then have a cheat day on the Sunday we've also done a podcast on dieting which did was you? the which yeah, was yeah the we did yeah, yeah, so you can go and listen to the Boxing Life podcast on there
1: I think dieting for me um Diet and wise. That's the only thing I did right. My diet was strict. It was strict. It, tri- it was the same stuff every day. I ate oatmeal in the morning. I had eggs. That was it. I ate some fruit. My snack was a protein shake. After that, a few hours later, lunch was a light protein, vegetable, brown rice. Usually um, brown rice. That was about it. And wouldn't have a snack later. And my dinner was fish and veggies every night. My diet was always strict. The only thing I actually did right. So I'm seeing this question off Scott Anderson. Scott, I was a
0: comment. So Scott says, Bellew says he wants to make enough money to secure his f- kid's future and get out. Smart it, man. Yeah, is there any point you're thinking people think, fuck it, I'm rich, get out. I mean, boxing is the, one of the hardest ways to make a living. So what, what Bellew's saying there is amazing. Make your money and get out. I'm, I'm all for that. I, I made a little bit of money while I was in there. I mean, I got forced out, but I'm so happy that I got forced out because I would still be, still be boxing now for, for peanuts. Well, for money, I wouldn't have a secure be, f- uh, future.
1: I think is one of those things where it's a use-me sport, like any, other, like any other profession, like as far as being an athlete. Um, your sport is always going to use you and make way more of you than you'll make off them. So you have to make sure whether you become a legend or champion or whatever, you want to make sure you get the best you can out of your career and make sure you can use it and make it make money for the rest of your life. And, you know, you want to secure your future. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. yeah well anymore that's it so well thank you for listening Rashad for people who want to find you where can they find you on social media
1: mm, Rashad Holloway same thing um, no Twitter anymore I think I deleted it. Max girl made me delete it Rashad I Holloway it. how do you spell <laughs> it out mate Rashad R-A-S-H-A-D H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y Rashad Holloway Instagram Facebook and Snapchat yeah Snapchat you know what no seen... it's hard to hit on Snapchat
0: hard to hit I've yeah, seen Rashad Snapchat and I think I, I told you before you were back in Cincinnati where you were from and he was showing us around, and I was like, wow, I'm proud of Richard because you lived in a shit hole, mate. <laughs> it, was, it was a shit hole. And for you to come out of there and do what you're doing now with no real help, I just think it's amazing. I think you've done really well. I appreciate so, it, bro. Follow Richard's journey on Instagram, Snapchat, and you can follow the Boxing Life at Boxing Life. Use the hashtag Boxing Life. Until next time,
1: I'm Tony Jeffries. This is Richard Holloway. I have fun. I think I'll be back. This is Glenn Old. They needed a little flavor, you know. You, you, you we need, need a little, we need, need, a little listen, color. Listen, you need some color up in here. Look, <laughs> Your rates are going to go through the roof after me.
3: <laughs> we well, every week, but I ain't got Kev Watson. Thanks for listening. Thanks, come on, everyone.
1: hey Kev, Kev. Hey, listen, don't let Kev fool you. I need the Mr. Woo to come out. <laughs> come on.
3: You're always acting like, okay. Where's the whiskey? Where's the Get, yeah,
1: let's go, baby. And Glenn,
0: you're a piece of shit, too. I love you. Thank you on Facebook for listening. Uh, you can get get catch us on Facebook. Just find Tony Jeffries. Find my page on there. And... We'll see you. And, and
1: for those who want to fight, mm. now let's get it started. Let's go, baby. Let's go.